Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I sometimes hear voices from a guy called Gary. And I'm Gary. What? And today we're going to review and discuss The Voices, which came out in 2014. Written by Michael R. Perry and directed by Marjan Satrapi. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Jerry, played by Ryan Reynolds. Jerry works at a factory and is starting to get feelings for a local worker there, played by Gemma Atherton. But Jerry is also hearing voices from his cat, voiced by Ryan Reynolds, and his dog, voiced by Ryan Reynolds. And some madcap adventures might just follow. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So this was a, a script that was floating around for like a good five years before a studio finally decided to, to go ahead with this film. Yeah. Uh, ben Stiller was originally attached to be the main star of the film, mm. um, although due to some budget inflation issues, right. again, the project got dropped until Ryan Reynolds picked it up, and then the studio went along with this until we have the film that we have, which went to Sundance Film Festival. It did fairly well, so much so that Lionsgate picked the film up for distribution, Yeah. and then on its opening weekend at cinema... It made about five thousand dollars because yeah, nobody, nobody, went to, nobody went to see this film, and it has died a horrible death, and nobody knows about this film whatsoever. Well, if that's the case, I'm here to resurrect it. This movie was a fucking candle in the darkness. You know, you watch a lot of films and people say there's a lot of schlocky shit out there. And I, I'll admit, I'm one of those people and I think I saw the trailer for The Voices and I thought to myself, Hey, yeah, that looks good. It's got the guy from Green Lantern in it. Yeah, that, I really like the guy from that. You know, I like Ryan Reynolds. Uh, and I never went to see it because it just... I think there was other things out, you know, there were... I know, there was probably a plethora of talking animal movies at the time, yeah. and it was just like, no more. Maybe, but there was there was still something about this movie, and there's something, oh, I would say, about Ryan Reynolds. You know, like, Van Wilder, Part Liaison, was where I first saw him, and I was like, man, this guy's career is just going to... Because I, I, hate, I hate the movie. hate the movie. And then Green Lantern. I'm like, damn. You know, can this guy catch a break? Deadpool was just amazing. And I realized that he's really, really good at what he does as long as he's given the right material. Yeah. See, I was kind of the same. I I put him in like the same camp as Matthew McConaughey, you know? At the um... time, like in the 90s, like all you would see these two in is like romantic comedies, chick flicks, you know? Yeah. All, all of that sort of fluff sort of movies. But, but the thing is, we knew McConaughey could act. Yes. We didn't know at that point well, that Ryan Reynolds it was, can as It was well. a few years ago when he did a film called Buried, where oh, yes. it was just him the entire runtime of the film, no other actors. And I was like, he's proven himself in this film. He kept my interest the entire time. Yeah. 
I, I believe him as an actor, and that was the film that changed my opinion on him. Well, secretly, I kind of like him in the Amitville remake. You know, I know the film's not great, but he plays the cool dad in the horrific situation. And that's what I mean. The right material, he makes it work. Yeah. And w with this, I started watching this, and I, you know, I already knew that it was about a guy who kind of talks to his cat and his dog. And then you read up that... You know, he does all three voices. Yeah. And he did that over the fr over the phone for the audition. Well, it was the fact that he had the part and the director was casting voice actors for the cat and dog. Yes. And he sent, you know, voice recorded messages of the cat and dog. So the director was like, who, who are those? Yeah. And he was like, that was me doing the that voices. That was me doing the voices. <laughs> and I was like, well, it actually makes sense that he's the one hearing the voices. They would be his voice, but with with accents and yeah. personality added to them so that they feel like distinct characters. Are you going to kill someone else? Me? No. Of course not. Sick, disturbed cat. The whole film itself has got a otherworldly feel. Uh, initially, he lives in Milton, this small town. It's even got its own theme song. Milton. And he makes, or he, he, you know, he works in this bath factory. Right. And he's just a really happy worker, and he just, you know, gets along with everybody. And they they ask him to organize the, the, the staff party. And he gets together with some of the other workers, too. And one of them, you know, the, the gorgeous Gemma Atherton. <laughs> I... I'm, I, I don't really know what to say about this lady, really. No, it was great to see uh, Gemma Arterton. Hadn't seen her really since like Byzantium, mm. so mm. it had been a while. And uh, it, it always, it always, it's always a little bit jarring when you hear that very forced British accent coming through with all of these American accents around it. It makes it much more obvious. Oh, but just, I mean, her look alone, she immediately stands out from everybody else because Jerry sees her as this, this beautiful goddess which secretly i do as well but that's not the point you know he's seeing it in a weird way that he sees everything as a happy-go-lucky kind of world and then when he goes back to his apartment and the cat mr whiskers is talking to him and bosco his dog is talking to him and they're explaining to him that nobody likes him everybody hates him you know he you know he'd be just better off like killing them all and killing himself the sequences with the Doctor, that's where the film started to take the proper dark turn for me. It's when the psychiatrist is just like, so how are you feeling and are you still taking your drugs? And, yeah. You know, and he, and he always answers honestly. Because he's just like, well, he, he always <laughs> says he's not taking the drugs, but he always says he's not hearing the voices because she's always asking if he's hearing disembodied voices. Yeah. And he's like, well, no, I'm not. The voices are coming from my pets. So it's just like... Uh, and so you've cut, you see his innocence and his naivety, um, but and... scary as well because he's not taking his pills. Yes, and she's telling him that he needs to. Right, and he, he just he just carries on with with the whole sequence where he sets up the date with uh, Fiona. Yes, and and it is it is awkward because you can tell that she's kind of 
I want to say she's not repulsed by him, but she's clearly uncomfortable with him, and she's clearly just lying to him to get away, especially with the way she panic gets out of the car and runs away from him at one point when he drops her home <laughs> after she had lied to him about going out and then went out with the other girls on a karaoke night. Well, that's it. She's a bit of a, she's a bit of the office bitch, you know, and she's playing that character well because he's not seeing that. Yeah, you yeah. know he. He generally thinks that she's this beautiful, honest woman. Where you've got Anna Kendrick in the background playing Lisa. Who's clearly infatuated with, with Jerry. You yes. know, that part in the office where she's like, hey, hello. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> nice. Well, when they go to the bar, I thought that sequence was awesome because he's he's so infatuated with Fiona, he's he distracted. And Lisa, Anna Kendrick's character, says to him, like, oh, you know, I could really go for a lift. But then she kind of links it to Fiona and he just immediately gets distracted by Fiona talking and says, oh yeah, I'll drop you home. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. And everyone just finds the whole sequence just awkward. Yeah. Which for me, I I felt bad because I hadn't seen the film before because I immediately thought it was Ryan Reynolds being a goofball listening to voices from his pets. Where to me, this is genuinely a guy who's got some serious mental issues not taking the medication that he's supposed to and seeing the world in a particular way. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely got, like, a form of schizophrenia. Oh, damn. But there's, like, there's quite a few... I, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I couldn't really isolate all of the, you know, issues that he has, but he is very, very troubled. Yes. And, you know, this film is a slow descent into his mental health. And, you know, like you said, this film has that veneer, this this uh, polish, this glossy yeah. fantasy fairy tale shine over the whole film. Yeah. And, you know, and it's only now that we're going to start to see the layers behind uh, Jerry as we get further and further into his world, whilst we're dealing with listening to Mr. Whiskers doing everything in its power to put Jerry down. Well, fuck me. I'm an asshole. I apologize, man. You were right. Cat food's in the kitchen, Jerry, and I can't open the can. I don't have thumbs. Jerry invites Fiona out to a Chinese restaurant for a meal. And, you know, she doesn't want to go. She finds it really awkward. And you get the sequence where he's sat at the restaurant on his own, watching the Elvis impersonator, which I'd love to go to that restaurant. It just looks <laughs> awesome. He's also just sat there talking to the fish. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation was great. And... Then you've got the cut of the girls singing back and forth and everybody's having this great time. It doesn't come across as awful or evil at any point, but you know that it is building up to something bad happening. And then these events just happen in order. Like she drops her phone in the rain. So that takes the phone out. She gets a lift back to her car by Anna Kendrick. And, you know, when she gets back to her car, she realizes she's out of petrol. You know, Jerry just happens to be driving home. He's sad. He's upset. And she gets caught in the rain and it's him that she flags down. And I'm like, this is so well put together. It puts most horror movies well, to shame. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know? it's so many coincidences, though, that yes. just led to this. But yeah, you know, she's in the car with him and said, just really uncomfortable. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll drop you home. Yeah, but he tells her to wrap herself up in this blanket, and as he wraps wraps herself up to warm, they're driving along. He starts talking about angels, yeah, and how his mum used to hear angels, and how the angels could also be demons. 
and you're thinking, okay, this is getting a little bit awkward now. She should have just gone back to her apartment instead of driving out here. They hit the deer. <laughs> <laughs> A deer comes out of nowhere and just smashes through the windscreen. And while it's lying there, it says to Jerry, Kill me! Jerry, kill me. I want to die. Take your knife and cut my throat. Don't worry, I'll help you. Yeah. <laughs> and he just whips out this, this knife, knife and, and just... cuts it and kills it. Which, of course, like completely completely panics Fiona, who goes running out of the car, and he goes chasing after her. It's so innocent, him yes. just running along like, please stop, I'm not trying to hurt you. And you think, yeah, from some angle. Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, he falls right on top of her, knife, you know, in front of him, stabbed. You know, she starts coughing blood and dying, and he's just like, oh no, Fiona, I'm sorry. <laughs> And then repeatedly stabs her, apologizing for every stab. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This film is taking a very dark turn here. Yes. Things have escalated very, very quickly. <laughs> now what's he going to do? Like, where does the film go from here? Man, he goes home and he just, he's talking to Mr. Whiskers and Mr. Whiskers knows what he's been up to and then explains to him, look, you've left the body out there for a fucking hitchhiker to get, so you're going to have to go and find it. And so he goes and gets the body, brings it back. Get, he has that little moment with the sheriff, which I thought was awesome because he's there just buying like boxes and, you know, a saw set, yeah. you know, and the, and the, and the sheriff stops him and says, what happened to your car? And he's got cardboard over the front of his engine. He's like, oh, yeah, I hit a deer and I just laid it to the side of the road. And then he, everything still comes across innocent. Like, Jerry wouldn't hurt a fly. Right. But at the same time, you're like, there is a whole history here that people are kind of trying to avoid. And then seeing him at home just chopping up Gemma Atherton's body. It's the conversation he has with the cat where, where he's like devastated that he's killed someone and the cat's just like, it's in your nature, Jerry. Oh, I'm a God, cat. I kill yes. things all the time and I don't feel guilty about it. <laughs> Bosco, the dog, he's just looking at Jerry and he's just like, uh, yeah, but you know, it's kind of wrong, man. You know. No, I know you're a real good yeah, human being, Jerry. Good... <laughs> There's a good man inside of you. I love the dog. <laughs> the cat I could kill instantly. <laughs> They're going to throw your ass in jail where tattooed meth addicts will butt-fuck you daily for 15 years to life. You're a good man who made a mistake. Nobody is going to rape you, Jerry. You know, he, he has that moment where he's, he's, he's put all her chopped-up body parts into Tupperware boxes. It's horrible. Like, when the camera pans and you're like, oh, there's some fingers over there and... Oh, oh. But he doesn't see it, and so when he talks to the when he talks to the doctor again, and the doctor's just like, "Look, have you been taking your pills?" You know, he gets back, and Gemma, uh, you know, uh, Fiona's head screams at him to take the pills. So that made me kind of think that there's a part inside him that doesn't want to be doing all this. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he knows it's kind of wrong. But the moment he took the pills, the voices went away, and we saw how the apartment really was. Yes, the walls of reality came crashing down and now all we're seeing is, well, reality for, for Jerry's world and the blood on the walls, all of the, all of the garbage and rubbish and all of the empty pizza boxes, the blood on the counter, the mold, it's disgusting. Yeah. And of course, 
it also then makes you think, like, because we saw him in his workplace with his colleagues. Yeah. We saw him, like, yes. at the party and all these other things. It's like, so how much of that is yeah. we've seen is only his world. We're not really seeing reality at all. Yeah. And this is our glimpse of it. And, yeah, it's the fact that the cat doesn't talk to him anymore. The dog doesn't talk to him anymore. The no. severed head looks like it's rotting in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. And so he kind of panics. He's like, you know, like, this is horrible. So he's straight back to wanting to take the pills again. Yeah. And then and then Fiona's just like, well, thank you for taking the pills again. Now we can talk. But I'm kind of lonely. I need a friend. Hey, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Jerry. Can you get me a friend? A friend? Now, nobody's really kind of... They're a bit worried about Fiona, but, you know, she had also said, like, she, that she wasn't planning on sticking around. She could have gone back to England. You know, so nobody's really worried that she's not been at work for a couple of days. And so... You know, Jerry and Lisa go out to a bar, and Alison, their co-worker as well, uh, she she overhears this. So you know now that the movie has just put the hint in of, like, Jerry will get caught out at some point. But he takes Lisa back to the bar, and they have a few drinks, but then they go to, to, to go back to her place. She needs to feed her pets. Um, he wants to meet the cat, you know, because his cat's talking to him. But he drives her to his home cabin. Which is like out in the woods. And I, you know, you you really got the feeling like he's going to kill Lisa. Yeah, because Fiona wants a friend. Yes. But the film takes this dark twist. And it was really kind of crazy how it went. Because he he goes into his house. He's, he's walking Fiona around. And Ryan Reynolds emoting this backstory about his his childhood it's also filled in with the flashbacks yeah yeah we've seen a a few of the flashbacks where he's getting beaten by his dad because he talks to his pet bunny because he's got no friends because his mum kind of kept them at home she was crazy i kind of got freaked out about what time it was set in because like the dad he said something about his dad coming back from war she chose him over berlin and that made me think of world war ii and i'm Mm. like that can't be right but this is jerry's world you know anything could be anything (laughs) And when Anna Kendrick starts to take him up to the attic or to the parents' bedroom, you get this whole flashback of him as a kid and how his mother had, you know, um, mental health issues of her own and was very suicidal. Yeah, but and she, was... she's going to get taken away and locked up. Yeah. She doesn't want to go because she believes the voices are real. And Jerry kind of hears voices too. Um but she, you know, she she swears to him, don't ever tell anybody, promise not to tell anybody. And it kind of made me think of frailty, of sure. them seeing angels, yeah, too, yeah. demons, and that kind of world. But wrong type of movie. And she tries to commit suicide in front of her son, which I'm like, that, that'll push you right over the fucking it's, edge. It's the fact that she wraps up the glass and passes it to him like, to finish the it. job, but she's offering her wrists. But did like, she? But did but she, did Gary? She, or was did that just she? Jerry's mind? This, this is this all in Gary. This, uh, this, this all in Jerry's mind because <laughs> you know the police bash in the door and they see him standing over his mum's body with the glass. And I fully believe that she did want him to kill her. But then I'm like, did the voices tell him to just do that anyway? I don't know. I don't know. Where's the dad at this point? Yeah. What happens to him? He gets locked up. I think. I think so. I don't know. Wait, that, that, that's his child because we don't really find out about much of his childhood other than you know this happened and he was locked up for a while but she takes him home yes and you know that was where i was just like 
Because I, I was waiting for him to, to kill her. Yeah. But at the same time, like, we know that Jerry's not a, like, he's not a murderer. Like, his personality doesn't indicate it. You know, there's no sign, like, there's no sign of him, like, looking for his moment. You know, there's no sign of him preparing for the kill. You know, he's, he just seems, it seems like there's a developing relationship between these two characters that wouldn't end with him killing her. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's kind of weird because the movie kind of placed Jerry here. We know his kind of backstory, but here he is living above this bowling alley with this cat and this dog. Where he got them from? How long has he been there? How long has he not been taking the pills or listening to voices? You know, but now all of a sudden he's in this relationship. He wakes up the next morning with Anna Kendrick, you know, and they're, they're all lovey-dovey. He even goes back to work for a bit. Well, yeah, he realizes he's late for work and he rushes off, and you're just like, yeah. it feels like a nice. They got nice chemistry, nice relationship is building. I mean, it's it's kind of weird. Obviously, like she kind of plays into this. You know, we're seeing it all from Jerry's perspective, but she generally seems like she's infatuated by him and loving him and stuff like that. And she wants to t- she wants to take him a cake, so she speaks to Allison, who's in charge of the payroll, and secretly gets. Um, Jerry's address, which I secretly know is a complete governmental fraud thing. So never do that. And so she goes to the apartment to see Jerry. There's this amazing bit where he's watching the news with the cat and dog. And they found some evidence of a woman's body being stabbed in the woods. And the sheriff just starts fucking screaming at Jerry. <laughs> just breaks the fourth wall right through the TV, <laughs> telling him that we're going to find you. We know it's you. But of course, it gets interrupted with a knock on the door because um, Lisa, Lisa's turned up with her, with her cake. Her, yeah, it's her, 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 she's bought him some cake. But secretly, she wants to just see him. You know, she Exactly. Any excuse just to go around there. Exactly. Yeah. And of course, he, he kind of locks himself out coming out to greet her. And he's like, no, you can't come in. can't come in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm going to figure out a way in. And she's like, well, believe it or not, I, 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 I'm really good at climbing. So I'll climb up. And he's like, no, you, you, you go home. I'm, I'm going to climb up the ladder. And then I guess, I guess she's the... She's really she's good got with lockpicks, lock right? Yeah, she says that she's always getting locked out. And you know, you we as an audience know what's in there, and we're like, the best thing in the world is for her not to go in there. Yeah, yeah. and and then she goes. So like the moment she goes in, like your heart sinks because you know she's not leaving there alive. It was just really great to see because I generally felt really bad for Jerry. Yeah, you know, like he was trying to build this relationship now, but it's all fucked up. And yes, it's wrong because he's secretly murdered this woman and keeps her head in the fridge and he is completely crazy and that's where the movie's balance of look this is genuinely you know mental health issues and it is kind of funny what's going on but it's also really really bad and (laughs) dark and when he drops down and you like Anna Kendrick I never really saw as a really good actress I haven't really seen her in a lot other than the pitch perfect movies and I try to avoid them like the plague there was always going to be one movie that came along that really made me think, wow, this 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 girl can act. She's really, really good at her craft. And this was it, especially this whole sequence where she's trying to fight him. It yeah. generally felt like a horror movie, unlike the first kill with, with Fiona. It was like an accident that was just then weird. But it looked like a kill. Yeah. You know, he's generally trying to get in at her. So she, her ripping the bath towel rack off the wall and using it as a weapon and then trying to escape... You know, I did like the way that she didn't even lift up the little towel. 
she kind yeah. of knew that was a head. Yes, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's you know, just watching Bosco running around the dog panicking. You yeah. know, just uh, and then that moment where she's isolated in the other room by herself. You know, and Jerry's like knocking on the door. He's like, I'm, I'm going to come in now, Lisa. It's okay. We're going to just have a chat. And you know, like, it's, and he, she's like, well, I'm sorry I hit you. And he's like, you hit me really hard. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like they, they, it could, maybe they won't kill each other. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it'll end nicely. I'm really sorry. I know. Uh, it was scary. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to, to scare you. You hit me so hard. <laughs> it's okay. But no, she was just using this because she realised that, you know, Jerry is vulnerable. That he isn't, you know, in control but, of, it, of himself. But is he? Because he grabs her with some force as she tries to run away. Yeah. And throws her back. And she bangs her head on the back of that, the, the bedpost and on the wooden pole. And like, she, she it looks like she's paralysed because she doesn't move. But then you're like, well, maybe she still is okay. And so you watch her bloodshot eye fill yeah. with blood. And we're just like, oh, yeah, okay. And then it's not long before uh, we we see another head placed in the fridge next to Fiona. <laughs> They're looking at you. The two actresses. The effect of these two heads in the fridge are just were, was just great. I mean, it's like, a simple old old effect, isn't it? Yeah. You know? But my imagination's going mad about how they've got it, how they've got it to work, how they've put it together. You know, like there's some pr proper puppetry work at one moment with with Gemma Atherton's head that from an angle doesn't look right, but then at a certain angle looks right, and then they're talking to him. You know, he he generally, you know, is feeling really really bad. There's a couple of moments where he does look like he's going to have a proper breakdown with everything that's going on because he yeah. he knows really what's really going on, and then poor Allison turns up at his place. Alison from payroll, she turns up looking for Lisa and he just opens the door and her head gets put in the fridge. <laughs> yep, simple as. Now it does, you know, just a small little bit of trivia. Right, you know, right. If, yeah, if you, if you yeah. go go back to the conga line, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they all died in line in of the conga order. line. That's yeah. I thought that when I was watching it, I was just like, man, because I'd seen Fiona was at the front. I'm yeah. sure I saw Lisa, Lisa second, Alison yeah. there, and then and then Jerry, and he has this proper break now and goes to see his doctor. And, you know, we've seen her a couple of times and I'm just like, bitch, she's not taking the pills. <laughs> she has killed three people. And she's like, oh, well, it's not like you've not killed anybody. And he's like, uh, yeah, kind of is. Like three times. <laughs> you can see her reaching for her phone, the panic button. But of course, Jerry, this is like the only time in the film where he really kind of snaps, where he kind of snatches the phone out of her hand. Yeah. And eventually takes his therapist hostage. Yeah. He drives her out and he's just like, no, no more bullshit psychiatrist talk. You talk. Tell me what's wrong with me. Yeah. And it's, it, that's a re that was a really great scene with everything else that we'd seen going on, you know, the gore, the comedy, whatnot. Just Ryan Reynolds in this field with this woman who's tied up in parcel tape on the bonnet of the car, breaking down for him the different voices that people will hear in their life. I was yeah. like, that's brilliant. 
but it doesn't change the fact that he's killed three people and he's talking to his fucking cat. You know, this this guy has got some serious, serious issues. I mean, it all stems back to his childhood, about how he was raised, his environment, and how he's been taken care of. You know, the pills are doing what they can, but he generally needs to, you know, confront these things. And he takes her, he takes her back to the bowling alley. Yeah. You know, to... Two, no, I was going to say there, there's a horrible like day for night shot where yeah. there's two is it is it two colleagues two that he colleagues works from with work. have yeah. gone there to find out what's going on and they break in and we don't see what they see but of course they come out vomiting from yeah. what's going on in there and he's like oh you better call the police and it's like okay and then Jerry comes home yeah and the police don't turn so it's like how many hours later before the police turned up I mean. We hear about like police delays are not never turning up when you need them anyway. But yeah, and Jerry gets off. Garrett's home and takes the doctor in, and she sees everything around her, and she's just like, you know, this is absolutely just terrible what you've done. She even puts the head down on the table, yeah, and that completely freaks her out. And he, when the when the police turn up, he's he's going to escape because Bosco has been accidentally let out, so he's got to go find his dog and Mr. Mr. Whiskers is giving him shit, telling him, like, you know, you're going to jail, they're going to fucking fry you. And he accidentally hits the gas pipe on the all way out. out. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's... How's, how's all this going to end? Is it going to end in, like, an explosive finale? Is it going funny? You know, because the, the film, for me, had really run the fine line of being a dark, dark comedy. Like, serious, serious shit's going on. You know, if Jerry gets away, what, is, how, what kind of message is that movie... Yeah. trying to say now and they fire the cs gas inside and set the pipe off right yeah so he ended up with a massive explosion uh i did like i mean the psychiatrist did say like don't harm jerry he's innocent yes in this, even though she knows like everything that's going on um and so there is like a, a sense of preserving that life even though it is murderous it's not his fault he is mentally damaged yes um but there is that moment like in the smoke you know, when, when Jerry's left, like, he's realised, like, the pills are doing, you know, were working and, like, being off them. Yeah. Like, he realised, like, the dog and cat was, you know, all in his head. Yeah. Like, there was a bit of a realisation before he kind of lays down to die. Yeah, well, he hears all the voices at the end, doesn't he? They're all yeah. saying, like, let's go, let's not. And Bosco's kind of there saying, no, let's just, let's just stop. And he just, yeah, he just kind of lays down. We could have felt ten more refrigerators, Jerry. Shush, pussy. If he survives, he'll only cause more suffering, pain, and death. It's over. Jerry's going home. And the movie just kind of slides into his eye. Yeah. And we go into Jerry's mind, and you get the cat and the dog just talking to themselves at the end. Before they go their separate ways. <laughs> it, was, it was quite sweet. It was, it was. You know, it was, like you said, it's like, like... Like, at the end of Silence of the Lambs, when Hannibal Lecter is kind of getting <laughs> away, you're like, oh my oh, God, shit. you leave a dirty chill in your spine. You know, when yeah. the psycho kind of manages to escape, it's the thought that they're still out there. With with Jerry, you know, he, he was innocent, I suppose. The way he was raised was horrible. You know, he's he done some horrible things. From our perspective, the way the film had broadcast them to us, they were accidents. Um, and he, then he just he, no, he definitely did kill Alison. He probably <laughs> he killed Alison, and possibly Lisa. He did, yeah, he could. Yeah, but now he's dying, and it's like, yes, this is a sad ending, kind of. But here's them all now dancing. Well, that, 
Well, yeah, it's, it's it's a song and dance number finale, and you know, it's it's like well, like horror comedies, I guess, kind of work having a musical number at the end to an extent because it it takes all the sting and punch out of murder, you know, which well, is like yeah. one of the greatest sins, you know, and he murdered these three women, you know, and the you know he the the the, the it, 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 but did he? Because this is the... He, it's not like he was fucking Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, psychopath going out of his he, way he, to... I think he definitely killed these people. And, yeah, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a perspective, because he was hearing voices because he hadn't taken his medicine. Now, yeah. you, now, I wouldn't say he's up there with the levels of, like said, Freddy Krueger, you know. And I'm glad Freddy Krueger doesn't do a dance number at the end of his <laughs> movies. But for this movie, it really worked. Because it's like Jerry standing there going, Hey guys, I'm really sorry I killed you. Oh, it's all right, Jerry. And all the girls are like, yeah, it's fine. It's like, fine. If, is that really them talking, though? Or is their spirits We're still in Jerry's them? mind. <laughs> Maybe he didn't actually die and the paramedics pulled him out of the fire. That's it! That's <laughs> just, he's completely gone now. He's completely <laughs> gone. Yeah. Well, Liam, what were your favourite scenes in the film? Oh, man, I... You know, the, most of my favourite scenes entail around Ryan Reynolds. Um, Ryan Reynolds talking to a cat, talking to a dog, you know, trying to justify the different situations that he's found himself into. Um, uh, there was just some really, uh, like, just good acting moments from him where the film, like I said, it flipped from being this horror comedy kind of dark comedy movie to seriously kind of grabbing hold of me like the moment where he's talking to everything at once whiskers is talking to him the two heads in the fridge are talking to him you know the dog is talking to him and everything's screaming at him about what he should do or what he should do next and what he should blah 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 you know and he just screams stop really really loud like goes proper red in it's the, the face. one time in the whole film where he loses his uh, cool really. yeah and it just goes completely silent and when it goes completely silent it's like after he'd stopped taking the pills you know it was the movie had like a different tone to it like a real like i didn't like i didn't want to be there i wanted to go back so when he woke up the next morning the light was kind of shining on him yeah everything was happening I got really freaked out when he was eating the cereal. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what is he eating? Because I've seen you what see, the, the reality is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like when he's in the car and there's like butterflies flying <laughs> around him, you know, he's in his own world. Yeah. Um, um, the, the ladies in this movie were absolutely astounding. I mean, like we said, Fiona played by Gemma Atherton. Like, she's a fabulous, fabulous actress. And her, you know upper lip British lady who didn't want to be in this town was just brilliant going up against Jerry's angelic view of her. Like she, there was that part in the car where she yep, was completely fully angel. white. Um, Anna Kendrick, I, like I said, I was really surprised by just how she was in this movie. Um, you know, cause I, I know I always thought that she was a bit fake. I don't know how that works. Um, but she, this one, she she shone, and especially in that last sequence where she broke her neck. She was fighting Jerry, and she broke her neck. And I really felt bad for her as she was lying there dying, because Jerry's not doing anything. He just lies next to her, and she can't move. Yeah. And like you said, the whole eye sequence. Um, yeah, the sheriff screaming at him through the TV, just... Yeah, are you going to stop? <laughs> Gary, have you got any? <laughs> yeah, you know, for me, it's... 
it's probably going to be most of the the pet stuff. Yeah. Like I, I was really transfixed with the the voice that he put on for both both of them, and the personalities of the pets were so distinct and so unique and brilliant. The effects were like top notch. Yes, like, the, could... the lip movements, yeah. the animations of it all, really, really, really well done. And I think it's one of the lines where I think it's Brosco turns to Jerry and says. We are not like the pussy Jerry. We have morals, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and and it's when Brosco turns to Jerry and he's like, he, or he turns to Mister Whiskers and he's, you see, I've earned the right to be called a good boy. <laughs> yeah. And Mister Whiskers is like, you've earned the right to be hit by a minivan, you know. And it's just like the the back and forth, the dialogue, the script yeah. is really good. And 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 Ryan Reynolds really delivers those characters, which just makes all the scenes with just him and the two pets. Yeah, absolutely mesmerizing. It keeps you engrossed in the film, you know, and, and it makes you forget that this is like there are some horrible things going on in the film, <laughs> yeah. but it all just adds into this wonderful mix. Uh, the cat explaining, you know, that there's no shame in killing. <laughs> another another great moment. And I guess I think what my favorite or most memorable scene in the film is that scene where he takes the pills. Yes. And, and the whole world we see the you know he sees the reality and so do we and like that horror that realization and it's that moment that lingers over the rest of the film as as the film plays with its next batch of characters before something horrible happens it lets us know what to expect and so i thought that was a really great moment in the film that really kind of shifted the gear then you know for the rest of the film yeah yeah well, Ian, do you recommend The Voices? I definitely do recommend The Voices. I have grown to really, really, really appreciate Ryan Reynolds over the years. I just think he he just overshines in everything that he does. You give him any role to play and he'll, he'll say, well, how do you want it? They'll ask him and he'll just deliver it. You know, this... <sighs> This film, I was I was watching this film and I was just like, this is like sitting inside Deadpool's mind. If Deadpool's mind is Ryan Reynolds' mind and every section is like a different movie and a different character, you know, and that's what made this movie, this is what this movie did to me, made me want to do, start to overthink it. Like Gary said, you know, you see the world at one point and you see it again and you're like, holy shit. You know, even The Matrix didn't even do that kind of feeling, you know, and they did three movies. Ryan Reynolds did it in one you know, he, he really highlighted, you know, mental health issues and how serious it can be. But then at, at the same time, gave it like a comedy tone to to take some of the seriousness off of it. You know, and the other actors and actresses really played along with how he played with that universe. And then the whole song and dance number at the end was just... <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, which is why this is going to be an easy recommendation for me. It's got just enough oddball elements to make its horror romance work. Ryan Reynolds really shines here, giving a great performance and delivering a really sympathetic character despite all the killings. You know, always apologetic, never threatening or intimidating, yet uh, filling lots of Tupperware with body parts, you know? And, and and the film is also just great at slowly revealing this delusion before, you know, the reality crashes in. And the film has a good pace, great supporting characters, some hilarious dialogue, lots of gore and blood, and a few memorable scenes. And this is a horror comedy done right, both in equal measure, resulting in a film with a lot of rewatchability. You know, if anything, watch this for Bosco and Mr. Whiskers, because hearing voices can be murder. <laughs> Thanks for watching Off the Shelf Reviews. Happy song, sing a happy song.